Welcome to the Urban Church Podcast. If you would like more information about Urban, please visit our website at lifeaturban.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the message. Well, turn your Bibles. We're going to read some scripture. I'm not just going to talk to you. Uh, turn your Bibles this morning, if you would, to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Going to read through verse 37, and then we're going to go back to Matthew chapter 1. And read some portions out of there. If you don't have a Bible, I believe it's on the screens for you today. And uh, you can look there as well. Luke 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee uh, named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Now, there's some key things in this passage. Now, I'm sure you've all read the Christmas story before, or at least maybe heard of it. There's some key words like virgin, things like that, that maybe just need to jump out to you as we talk about this story. Okay? To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. She was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? Okay, so I told you it was a key word to, to understand there. Verse 35, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Verse 38, and Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now go with me to Matthew chapter 1, Luke 2.19, which is on the card. It says, and Mary pondered these things or thought about these things in her heart. Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 1. I'm going to read about 17 verses here. And if I butcher the names I'm reading, just bear with me. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Benadab, and Benadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Solomon, Solomon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, Uriah, the Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam, the father of Abiah, and Abiah, the father of Asaph, and Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram, and Joram, the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah, the father of Jotham, and Jotham, the father of Ahaz. Now, let's just get honest. How many of you guys, when you get to this, you just skip right over it and go to, thank you, and the rest of you are lying, okay? Okay, this is, for some of you, this is probably the first time you've ever read the genealogy. Actually, you're not reading it. I am. And Uzziah, the father of Jotham, and Jotham, the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh, the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jehoaniah, and his brothers at the time of the departure of Babylon. And it doesn't stop there. 
And after the departure of Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shatil, and Shatil the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of uh, Beod, and Beod the father of Elikim, Elikim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zodak, and Zodak the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Mathan, and Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father. If the whole entire Bible was like this from Genesis to Revelation, no one would read it, let's be honest. Where was I at? And Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the departure of Babylon were 14 generations. From the uh, uh, departure of Babylon to Christ, 14 generations. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that God, your work would speak to us uh, concisely and to the point. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Like I said, for children, Christmas is really about the, the, the presents. Okay? It's about the presents under the tree. And as you get older, maybe we begin to reevaluate that. And for many of us sitting in this room, uh, Christmas really isn't about the presents under the tree. It's about something totally different. I know for me, Christmas has now become a time of evaluation. I begin to look at my life, and I begin to look at the past year. So we celebrate Christmas on December 25th, but for me it starts much earlier than that. It's really the whole month of December. I begin to look back on the year and begin to remember on January 1st, I kind of said some things I wanted to set out to do. You ever done that before, okay? And I wrote down some things, you know, I'd love to see this happen this year. You know, maybe for some of you, I would love to get married this year. And you're looking back and you're saying, praise Jesus, I'm getting married. Or you're looking back saying, I still haven't found. See, some people are laughing like, how did he know? Okay. Maybe you wanted a new job. Maybe you wanted to increase your finances. Maybe, you know, something you wanted to do with your life or in your life. And as you sit here around Christmas time, you're kind of looking back and realizing some of those things you accomplished, some of them did not get accomplished. So really Christmas becomes a time of reflection. It becomes a time of reflection on, on, on maybe some things, some pains. Are you with me? Some hurts, some things that happened to you over the last year, some disappointments, some discouragements, and uh, hopefully some successes. And you begin to kind of regroup and get ready for 2010, okay? And so it becomes this time of reflection. Today I want to talk to you in the next few moments about when your past becomes present, okay? When your past becomes present, something you and I have to understand that we are where we're at today because of the decisions we made yesterday. Are you with me? The decisions you and I made, good, bad, the ugly, whatever, okay? Hopefully he wasn't ugly or she, but anyway. The decisions you made in your past have brought you to where you are presently right now. And that's why Christmas is such a great time, because as you begin to reflect on your past, you begin to understand this, that sure, the decisions I made in my past got me to where I am right now, but if I understand that, I understand this, that the decisions I make right now will take me to my future. Are you with me? So I look back and I realize, well, I am where I am today, so maybe I did accomplish some of those things. Maybe I did, you know, get that new job, or maybe I did start that ministry, or maybe I set out to bless so many people and I, I did accomplish that. Or, or maybe you look back and you realize, man, there's, there, there, there's struggles with divorce and, and relational issues, and man, the economy really did take effect in my life. And as you begin to look back, there's some pains as well. And you begin to look back at these things. You begin to look back at the decisions you made, but you can understand this today, that, that Christmas really is about the present, I guess. It's about what you do with this present moment. It's about the decision that I make today, this hour, will it take me to where Jesus Christ really wants me to be. So I want to talk to you very quickly about when your past 
becomes present. The story of, uh, of Christmas, I love it. But here's the reality of the story. Most of us pick it up where I started in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And behold, an angel. Oh, it's such a beautiful story. You know? Okay? Even though, you know, like when you go shopping and you see the little manger scenes, which you don't see too many of them anymore. It's usually in front of churches and things like that. Even though they, they can't even get the manger scene right. Right? I mean, why are the wise men at the birth of Jesus? Okay? If you read the Bible, that was, that was many years later. But, you know, they're at the birth of Jesus. Like, wow, they got there really quick. You know, he's still a, still a baby. Okay? Most of us pick that story up where I picked it up in Luke chapter 1. We seldom go back to Matthew chapter 1 where it says, In the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Don't worry, I won't read it again, okay? okay. And it goes on and lists this whole. This is really, actually the Christmas story started even further than that. It started way back in Genesis chapter 1. Okay? But for the sake of the New Testament, it's, it starts right here in Matthew chapter 1. And we have to read that and we have to understand that we're going to talk about why. Okay? Because here's what I've learned. I've learned this, that all life begins with a promise, okay? All life does not start off negative, okay? If you've ever been a, a part of a baby being born or your own child or seeing that or, or just thinking about it, man, all life starts beautiful, okay? You know that old saying, there are no ugly babies? Okay, I can debate that. My children, though, were not ugly, okay? <laughs> all life starts with a promise. I mean, if you just look at the Bible, John 10, 10. The promise is what? That you'd have life and that you'd have that life more abundant. Okay? It didn't, you know, God didn't show up and say, look, you know what? Life's going to really suck for you. Okay? And you're going to struggle all through life. And as you struggle, hopefully, you'll find the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Okay? Now, he didn't say that. What did he say? He said, I- I've sent Jesus so you could have life and life more abundant. Psalm 23, 6 says this, that surely goodness and mercy will follow me part of the days of my life. After, no, all the days of my life. Okay, this, is, this is promises from God. Okay? The goodness and mercy, man, they're going to follow me all the days of my life. Jeremiah 29, 11. What's the Bible say? God knows the plans that he has for us, plans to give us a hope and a future. Are you with me? Okay? What are these? are promises. These are promises of, of a good life, of a great life, and all life starts with these promises. But then we begin to live some life, and we begin to make some choices, and we begin to make some decisions. And, and usually when we look back on our past, we rarely look back at the promises. We usually look back at the mistakes, right? We seldom sit there and think back about, remember that promise? We look back and we say, man, that was a dumb thing I did there. And man, why did I do that here? And man, and we look back at all the mistakes, and we look back at the struggles we have. And I want to talk to you about that real quickly from the eyes, the eyes of Mary. Most of us, like I said, would skip right over the genealogy. We get to that part, we, you know, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, of Abraham. So all the generations of Abraham, verse 17. And we don't read. But in order to truly understand the Christmas story through the eyes of Mary, in order to truly understand what was asked of her, we need to look back at this genealogy. Okay? Now, genealogies were very important, okay? Maybe not as, so much today, but, man, genealogies were important to the Jewish people. Man, the Jewish custom, and they studied genealogies. They looked at them in depth because that's how you traced your lineage, especially when it came to someone that was going to stand there and say, hey, I'm Jesus Christ. They wanted a detailed, so here's Matthew laying out a detailed, okay? And what we begin to, begin to discover is not only did Mary come 
from that lineage of David, but also Joseph came from that lineage. So these, 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 these genealogies were very important to these people. A couple things that are interesting about this are that there's women named in the genealogy. Four of them, okay? Very seldom when you look at genealogy in the Bible will you ever see women. Why? Because the Jewish custom, they always trace genealogy back through the males, okay? Not through the, but in this one, there's four women named. Other thing that's interesting to know is the choice of women that were named. And we're going to look at that, that real quickly here today, okay? As we look at Christmas through the eyes, what was really asked of Mary? She was asked to examine her past, and as she looked at her past, she was confronted by an angel to make a decision in her present that would change the future forever. How do we deal when our past becomes present? This story absolutely amazes me because when, when here, if you understand the Bible, there's the Old Testament, the New Testament, and then there's what's called the intertestamental period, okay? Which that might mean nothing to you, okay? But here's all the books in the Old Testament, and then, then most scholars say this, that there was about 400 years of silence where God did not speak verbally. He did not speak through prophets. He did not speak through judges. He did not, it was just silence, okay? And then Matthew picks up, okay? What's so interesting is that the first thing that, that he decides to put, Matthew chapter 1, is this, this genealogy. Because if you read the genealogy, you understand this. It looks like the mob. It, it, I mean, there's murderers, there's adulterers, there's fornicators, there's prostitutes, there's liars, deceivers, backbiters. If you actually begin to study, um, if, you, if you study these names, you see who they are. You'd be like, wow, that is one dysfunctional family. <laughs> It sounds like my family at Christmas, okay? okay. Now, if you were honest, now, because for us, you know, Christmas used to be a really big deal. Cousins, aunts, everybody would come over for Christmas, okay? And we'd have one big party. It's, it's like that for, it's like that for uh, my, my wife's family still. I mean, it does. I don't even know half the people when I get there, and it just keeps expanding and growing. And I love it. It's fun because it's like you're meeting new people every year. But everyone knows that there's one family member, okay, that you really have to warn people about, right? Everyone has at least one of those in their family. If you're coming for a big get-together, a big Christmas gathering, and you're bringing, like, you know, your girlfriend for the first time or your wife or whatever it is for the first time, and you're driving over, and it's like, hey, I need to tell you about just one person real quick. You know, and if you haven't experienced that, you're probably the one that everyone's telling them about, okay? You're like, what's he talking about? I don't know he's talking. You're the one, Okay. That everyone's talking about. All right? <laughs> Welcome to Urban. But everyone has those, and you know, you're like, okay, I got to tell you about Uncle Bob. Okay, whatever you do, don't mention politics to Uncle Bob, because if you do, Uncle Bob will never shut up. And, you know, and, and, and so you, 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 okay. This is that family. Okay? And this is kind of like God saying, hey, I need to tell you about a few people. <laughs> Doesn't he just give you a snapshot of us? It's not just one in this family. It's a whole list, and I left quite a few out. I would be here all day, okay? We're talking like 30-something generations back, okay? All right? But, man, they start off, and how does this start? Man, I love how it starts here in verse 1, the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ. The son of David, son of Abraham. What is that? It starts with the promise. Man, there is a promise you understand the Bible, you understand that there was a promise made to David. And that promise was this, David, man, this throne is never going to be depart from you. Man, your generations, they're going to sit on that throne. It's going to stay in the family. It's yours. 
okay? There's a promise. We see that there's a promise made to Abraham. What was the promise? Abraham, as many as the stars in the, in the sky, so shall your descendants be. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be hooked up. Bling, bling. Are you with me? Okay? This was the promise made to Abraham. This was the promise made to David. And it starts out with a promise. And then it gets dysfunctional real quick. Okay? It's dysfunctional real quick. Can I just say this? That although all life, your life, my life, started with a promise, how many of you guys know things can get dysfunctional real quick? It gets, yeah, <laughs> it gets dysfunctional. Real quick, okay? And what happens is that it starts to get dysfunctional, and time goes on, and we're reading about all these people, and we're like, dear God, that person was a murderer. That person killed that person's sister and then married her mother. I mean, just weird stuff. Like. And as life goes on, all of a sudden the garbage seems to heap up and heap up and heap up. As the garbage heaps up, it's hard to look back sometimes and see David and Abraham. All you see is Tamar and Rahab and Ruth and Bathsheba. And you look back and it's like, wow, we are one messed up bunch of people. But I want to tell you something this morning. That if you could somehow just push back all of the garbage in your life, if you could somehow right now as your past, as you look back at your past year, or maybe your past years, or maybe your past life, and as you begin to look back and you begin to see, if you could just somehow push aside the divorce, push aside the relational issues, push aside the economy for a minute, push aside, are you with me this morning? Push that stuff aside that somewhere in there you might be able to get a little peephole and see, oh, there's David, there's Abraham. And you begin to see that amongst all the garbage, there really is a promise. It's, it's there. It's tucked away. And man, if I can just look back at that promise, listen to what's asked of Mary. Mary, yeah, you found favor in the eyes of God. Really? Yes, you have. And so much so that God wants to bless you. I mean, come on, if an angel showed up to you and said, hey, God wants to bless you, don't you think you'd be like, sweet! I mean, come on, people. I mean, I've gotten presents before and gifts under the tree, but if God wants to bless me, that's going to be huge, right? I mean, it's like, sweet, I've been, I, I've been waiting for this day. I deserve this. All right, angel, give it to me. What's it going to be, a brand new car? The penthouse? Come on, you know? What's it going to be? Yeah, it's so awesome, Mary. God's going to impregnate you. (laughs) What? I thought I I was favored. Where'd the blessing part go? You're going to stick a baby inside my stomach? I'm a virgin. I'm not, but... (laughs) Married. Two kids. <laughs> Sorry. Listen to what was asked of her. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, I'm a virgin. Told you it's an important word to remember today. How, how is this going to happen? Well, what's going to happen is, and like that made sense to her somehow, you know? And she said, yes. Let it be according to me, according to your word, let it be done to me. Okay? But look at what 
that meant for her. Okay? This couldn't have just been an easy choice. Let me think about it. Okay. Couldn't have been that easy. Why? Because if we just look at the genealogy, and we don't have time to look at every name because that would take a really long time, but if we just look at the women that are mentioned in the Bible, in this genealogy, okay, real quickly. Forget the men for a minute. Let's just look at the women because Mary was a woman, okay? Remember this, that typically there are no women mentioned in genealogies, but in this one there are, so they must be there for a reason. Let's look at the first one, okay? Understanding Mary's situation. What was really asked of her? Number one, Tamar. She was a prostitute. She was a foreigner to the commonwealth, which means she wasn't even really a part of the lineage until she became a prostitute and prostituted her way into the lineage. True story. She tricked somebody, Judah, in order to have a baby, and that baby carried on the lineage. Wow. What does that represent to us today? It represents trying to do things on our own. How many of you guys have ever done that before? I guess I'm the only one. Okay. Tamar. And what's going through, through Mary's mind right now? Wait a second. My grandma to the 36th power, Tamar? She was a prostitute. No one's going to believe me, the immaculate conception thing. <laughs> right? I mean, you remember my grandma 36 generations ago? Oh, yeah. She was a prostitute. I'm totally going to get accused of this. Number two, Rahab. Guess what? She was a prostitute. Told you this family is messed up. <laughs> Bible clearly says this, that she lived geographically and morally on the edge of society. She was out there. Okay? What, 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 what does she represent? She represents forfeiting the true promise for a counterfeit. Has ever done that before? Well, I know God called me to do this, but... That's much easier. I'll settle for that. Let's move on. Ruth. Now, Ruth, Ruth's a little better. She's, I mean, she's a poor widow and a foreigner. She's childless. Really, she could represent being a victim of unfortunate circumstances. Things outside of her, her control. But, man, look what's happened to me. Maybe I didn't forfeit the promise at all. You know, maybe I didn't try to do things on my own. Maybe I just felt victim to some unfortunate circumstances. Okay, and then they don't even name her. They just make reference to her, the wife of Uriah, which was Bathsheba. Okay? Who was Bathsheba? Bathsheba was the one that committed adultery with David. And it was her son then, because of adultery, that carried on the genealogy. Okay, now let's go back to Mary. The fifth woman mentioned in the genealogy. Hey, Mary, you're going to have a baby? It's not going to be Joseph's. I know you're engaged to get married to him. It's probably going to tick him off a little bit. Probably not going to understand it. I'll send another angel over there. Take care of it. Don't worry about it. Okay? But in the meantime, I'm going to impregnate you, and you're just going to have to tell everyone that you're still a virgin. Like that's going to work. Are you following me today? See, if we just skip over this stuff, we don't understand that, that Mary did have a past. Now, I know that, that she was a virgin. She was pure. She was, she was betrothed. Not a great word. We're going to betroth people later to marriage. She's betrothed this guy to be married. Then she's kept herself pure. 
Man, she's lived for this moment. I'm getting married to the man of my dreams or however it worked back then, arrangement, whatever it was, okay? The man of my arrangement, you know? I'm getting married, okay? And man, that's just, this is going to be the most awesome moment. And then God shows up and blesses her. What happens? It's her past becomes present. Not that moment. She's got to make a decision. Because his name is going to be Jesus. Emmanuel. God with us now. This is the promised one, Mary. The promise. Wait a second. Let me just dig back through the genealogy. The promise. But what about Bathsheba and Rahab and Ruth and Tamar? I mean, I'm going to be accused of that as well. What happens? When your past becomes present. This Christmas, as you're looking through your last 360 days, looking at life and wondering, man, did I accomplish some things? Did I do some things? As you're looking back, there's two choices you have. You can do this. Number one, you can choose to look at the pain of your past. Or number two, you can choose to look at the promise of your future. Mary was faced. Christmas, the most wonderful time of the year? Not for her. It was a time of reflection. It was a time of hold on a second. If I say yes to this, it's going to be, man. She had to dig through the pain of her past in order to find the promise for her future. This year did not start off on a negative. Although as you look back, it might look like one big negative. Next year, and I love when years change because, man, it's a, it's a new time to start over. It won't start off with a negative. It starts off with a promise. The Bible says that all the promises of God are yes, and in Him, they're amen. And if you understand what that amen means, it means it's a period at the end of the sentence. It means it's going to happen. Look how awesome this is. Here's the promise. It's made to David and Abraham. Here's life, the genealogy. Here's the promise that was made to you. Promise of, man, to prosper you. Promise to have a great marriage. Promise to have great success. Promise to have great relationships. Promise to do something significant with your life. And then life happens. And you look back. But now, as you sit here today, he's saying, look, you can choose to look at the pain of your past Or you could look at Christmas through the eyes of Mary and say, let it be to me according to your word. I'm just a servant. I don't understand it all. Got a lot of questions. Got a lot of of stuff. But you know what? I'm going to choose to look at the promise. The promise of health. The promise of provision. The promise of relationships the promise of restoration. I'm going to look at Christmas this year through the eyes of Mary and understand this, that I have a future. That I have a promise. And that doesn't matter. If Jesus could come from this, are you with me? If Jesus could come from adultery, if Jesus could come from prostitution, if Jesus could come from fornication, murderers, backbiting, lying, stealing, if He could come out of that, what could he do with your life today? What could he do with your genealogy today? What could he do with your past today? As you pause for a moment, I want you to do this. I want you to look at Christmas through the eyes of Mary. 
And I want you to look back at your life, maybe just these last 360 plus days. And you look back, and I want you to choose to look at the promise rather than the pain. And choose to believe that, wow, 2010. Think about this for a minute. What if Mary just would have said no? What if she would have chose to look at the pain of her past and say, you know what, you got the wrong person. I come from this and that and the other thing. Oh, God would have found somebody else, but Mary would have missed out on the true blessing. What about you today? When God shows up to you, reminds you of the promise, what are you going to say? Are you going to be like Mary? Say yes, or are you going to say no, because you will miss out on the true blessing. I don't know about you, but I want to say, let it be according to me, just as you said it would be. God, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I pray right now in the next few moments that we have that, God, you would speak to every one of us. I want you to do this. Just close your eyes for a minute. I like to end every service the same. That's just a, a short time of reflection. As the word of God was presented to you today, a choice was presented to you today. I want you to hear this this morning as your eyes are closed and you're thinking about your life. I want you to know something. Your life started out with a promise. I know there's some messed up stuff in your life just like there is in mine. But it's what Mary did with that present moment. It's when her past became present and she was confronted with the pain of her past. She was confronted with the mistakes of her past that she could choose at that moment. You know what? I'm going to do it. God, you reminded me of the promise. I'm going to do it. God, you've given me a hope and a future. You've given me life and life abundant. All the promises are yes and amen in you. You're presented with a choice today. What are you going to look at? Are you going to look at the pain of your past or the promise of your future? Are you going to be like Mary and look at your situation? God, I thank every person in here right now. God, I pray right now, Lord, I don't know the pains and the struggles they've been through. Like Mary, maybe they've been pondering in their heart, wondering, God, when is this thing going to turn around? When is the answer going to come? And I believe that this morning the answer has come. The answer is in your choice. The answer is in your ability to look past the pain and look to the promise of Abraham and David. Look to the promise of something greater. To move beyond the offense, to move beyond the hurt, to move beyond the pain, to move beyond the divorce, to to move beyond the the, the bad economy, to move beyond these things and say, I'm making a decision today. God, your favor is upon me. God, your favor hasn't left me. God, you said in your word that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I choose to believe it and I choose to walk in it.